liability. Preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help you God. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. Thank President. You. Shortly before noon today, Joseph R. Biden was sworn in as the 46th president of the United States. President Biden stood on the same steps where, just two weeks ago, a mob of Trump supporters stormed the Capitol. The contrast could not have been starker. On January 6th, you had protesters breaking the glass of the doorway on the West Front that is literally one of the thresholds through which Biden walked today. Congressional reporter Siobhan Hughes sat in the audience at the Capitol today. In Biden's speech, one theme stood out to her, unity. Unity was perhaps the essential element to guide the country forward, and it would be a requirement, a necessity. For without unity, there is no peace, only bitterness and fury, no progress, only exhausting outrage, no nation, only a state of chaos. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Wednesday, January 20th. Coming up on the show, on the ground at President Biden's inauguration. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. Early this morning, Siobhan headed to the Capitol with our colleague, Sabrina Siddiqui. Sabrina Siddiqui and I are walking to the Capitol complex to cover Joe Biden's inauguration. The streets are very silent. That's not just because it's very early in the morning, but it's because security in Washington, D.C. is so tight, there's virtually no traffic. Sabrina? There is a lot of quiet compared to previous inaugurations when you would have had large crowds assembling and making their way toward the Capitol and also lining the streets of downtown Washington, D.C. And obviously with the pandemic, we wouldn't have seen large crowds in the same way that we would have at another inauguration. And so it's a very different mood and a very different feel from previous inaugurations. Presidential inaugurations have always been high-security events, but today, security was even tighter. The entire area around the Capitol was on lockdown because of the pro-Trump riot that happened two weeks ago. Officials worried that large groups of protesters might show up again. I am getting on my bike. Let's go to the inauguration. That's our colleague Ted Mann. This morning, he took his bike into D.C.'s Green Zone, where traffic was restricted and the National Guard was on patrol. 
His goal was to cover a pro-Trump protest that was supposed to take place in John Marshall Park, a few blocks from the Capitol building. It is wildly dead. (laughs) It is supposedly the site of a protest for some people who are supporters of Trump and opponents of Joe Biden. And right now the park is entirely empty, other than, by my count, about half a dozen at most members of the press, including ourselves. Unclear if any protesters are even going to show. It uh, is a bit anticlimactic, but I think if you probably if you could ask the cops around us, they want it that way. Officials had worried about major counter protests across the city, but they largely didn't happen. And where Ted was before anyone showed up, the park got shut down. Well, so far the only action at John Marshall Park is the Secret Service booting all the press and the photographers out of this uh, little space um, that was supposed to be a public viewing area for for the inauguration. There's uh, not really any reason given for why everyone's been tossed out. Even if the protesters we thought might come uh, show up, and they certainly haven't shown up yet, they're not going to get anywhere near the inauguration itself, and uh, neither will the press. For people outside the Capitol complex, there really wasn't much to see. But on the steps, a crowd was gathering. Siobhan had made her way there. You know, the thing I am reminded of is that the inauguration is supposed to be representative of the peaceful transition of power. And we already haven't had a peaceful transition of power. And so to me, the significance of this moment is that it's institutional Washington standing up for the traditions of this country and saying that Washington will continue on. As Siobhan waited for the ceremony to begin, politicians and guests started arriving. Siobhan caught up with one former politician. Hi, Congressman. I have not talked to you in so long. It's good to see you. Former Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan. So why is it important for you to show up today? Well, I just think it's important for the institution. I believe in the peaceful transfer of power. I believe in our system of government. And I'm here to show and pay respect to the incoming President Biden and the institution of Congress and the peaceful transfer of power. And I think it's very important to be here to celebrate these things. One person who wasn't there to celebrate the transition was former President Trump. He broke a long-standing tradition and did not attend his successor's inauguration. But the Capitol steps were full of other Democratic and Republican leaders, both past and present, including former Vice President Mike Pence, who said it was important to attend to represent the peaceful transfer of power. You could see Senator Ted Cruz taking a selfie on the Capitol steps, even though he voted no on certifying Biden's win. You could see Senator Bernie Sanders in a pair of Vermont-knitted mittens, There was Biden's Treasury Secretary nominee, Janet Yellen, huddled in a down coat under a navy blue blanket. And six of the Supreme Court justices, their black robes billowing in the wind. Former President Bill Clinton greeted outgoing Vice President Mike Pence. Current Vice President Kamala Harris gave former President Barack Obama a fist bump. Joe Biden's son, Hunter, carried his young baby in his arms. Then... Trumpet players lowered their masks to introduce the future president. Ladies and gentlemen, 
the President-elect of the United States, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. and Dr. Jill Biden. Coming up, the President's inaugural message to America. This episode is brought to you by C3 AI. C3 Generative AI enables rapid access to secure, traceable, hallucination-free insights from enterprise systems, all while using any LLM, helping enterprises turn the invisible into the obvious. Learn more at c3.ai. It is now my great privilege and high honor to be the first person to officially introduce the 46th President of the United States, Joseph R. Biden, Jr. Chief Justice Roberts, Vice President Harris. So when Biden took the podium and delivered his speech, what stood out to you? The normalcy of it, the routine of it, the fact that it was a return to the norms and standards that you would expect of the country. But it was a time when I think people, certainly in the audience, did not take those norms for granted. And I think that's something that the new president himself even alluded to in his speech. We've learned again that democracy is precious. Democracy is fragile. And at this hour, my friends, democracy has prevailed. He tried to be optimistic, but it would have struck a false note if he had ignored the current moment. And I think he was pretty realistic and clear-eyed about, you know, how bleak a lot of things are for the country right now. I mean, I, I don't think there was really a way for him to avoid that. What would you say was the major theme of Biden's speech? Biden hit a couple of different points that you could tell really registered with the audience. One of those themes was the notion that you know, we've got to get away from misinformation. Just the misinformation is so damaging. There is truth and there are lies. Lies told for power and for profit. And each of us has a duty and a responsibility as citizens, as Americans, and especially as leaders, leaders who have pledged to honor our Constitution and protect our nation, to defend the truth and defeat the lies. Number two, the enormity of the challenges that the country is facing. And he talked about how any single one of the items on his lap would be profoundly challenging. Few people in our nation's history have been more challenged or found a time more challenging or difficult than the time we're in now. For example, climate change, the coronavirus pandemic, the economic crisis that has ensued. He also tried to hit an optimistic note saying that this was a challenge that the country was up to. And he also aimed to project American re-engagement with the world. We will repair our alliances and engage with the world once again. Not to meet yesterday's challenges, but today's and tomorrow's challenges. 
and will lead not merely by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. The section that I was sitting in had a portion cordoned off for dignitaries, for primarily foreign dignitaries. And that was definitely an audience that the new president was addressing. One theme that Biden talked about is unity. To restore the soul and secure the future of America requires so much more than words. It requires the most elusive of all things in a democracy. Unity. Unity. How difficult do you think it'll be for Joe Biden to achieve that goal of unity? I think it's going to be really hard. I mean, even as I was doing interviews today, I was very aware that I was doing interviews with some of the House Democrats who will be managing the impeachment trial in the Senate. That is going to be divisive after the inauguration. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer are going to reverse roles. They haven't even agreed on the rules for how this 50-50 Senate is going to be designed. So we're going to plunge right back into the divisiveness, literally within hours after the swearing in. How do you think Republicans in the audience, both those who were there at the Capitol and who were watching at home, received his speech? I mean, Joe Biden said a lot of things that were unifying, that really called out to the best in the country. You could see it in his speech. But, you know, I'm sure there are going to be some groups who are put off by some of the themes, themes about, you know, making room for all kinds of people. You know, we're at a moment when there are a lot of racial tensions in the country that used to be below the surface and are now very raw. And some of what he said may play into those animosities. One of the most powerful moments of the ceremony to me was when Amanda Gorman, who was the inaugural poet, read her poem and talked about how quiet isn't always peace. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace in the norms and notions of what just is, isn't always just is. It really captured the moment that we're in, I think. And you could kind of feel a little bit of, I don't know if I want to call it electricity through the crowd, but people were really paying attention. And then this next line, and I find myself really wanting to ask her about this, but during John Kennedy's inauguration, he had a poem that was read that talked about, there's a line that's something like, the land was ours before we were the lands. And listen to this line and tell me if you can hear the similarity. And yet the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. We And so it's kind of that hopeful note. The the dawn being something you can claim, and she's talking about the dawn right after she's talked about the darkness. So you get that nice contrast in imagery. What do you expect over the next several weeks and months for the Biden administration? I think he set a tone of pragmatism, of kindness, of a willing to work together, of a certain kind of professionalism that maybe has been absent in recent years. 
You know, he's a lot older for a president. He's 78 years old. And so it's unclear if this is a return to the past or sort of a last gasp of Washington as we knew it. I expect Joe Biden to be single-mindedly focused on policy. And I think that's where all of the oxygen in the room is going to be directed. And I expect the country in its political life to return to many, many more policy discussions. We're going to be getting into the weeds of things like vaccine distributions. There is going to be a reflection on what happened on January 6th, a real focus on domestic terrorism, and then finally the particulars of a COVID aid package, the particulars of establishing Joe Biden's cabinet. But it's going to be the routine business of governance that we all focus on. That's all for today, Wednesday, January 20th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like the show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.